your Property Network magazine, the UK's leading magazine for active property investors, presents your property podcast, giving you access to some of the UK's most successful and influential property investors and developers. They will share with you their successes, failures, strategies and tips. So whether you're an experienced property investor or just starting out, Join us every week to help you plan your path to financial freedom. So let's get started with your host, Nina Hirons. Hi, and thanks for joining me on another edition of Your Property Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Hirons, and it's lovely to have you with me today. Okay, so a few weeks ago, we launched the podcast and I spoke to the very youthful Josh Bardsley. And it's fantastic to have another guest today who himself is only 25 years old, proving yet again that property is for everyone and anyone. Carl Witham has gone from car salesperson to property entrepreneur and in the six months following his transition has completed 12 deals. And again, it just highlights that with some fire in your belly and plenty of driving determination, there is masses of opportunity out there to make property work for you. This is really life-changing stuff. The people, the, sorry, the life that people sit back and dream about after a hard day at the office, dreaming about something different and just thinking there must be more to life. Well, do you know what? Stop dreaming, stop thinking if only, and get up, guns blazing, and use that determination and drive to make some changes. Okay, so let's talk to someone who's done just that. I'll stop talking, and it's my pleasure to introduce Kyle Witham. Hello! Hello, Nina. Thank you for having me. That's all right. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that's all right. Yeah, it's not a problem at all. Thank you. <laughs> Good. Okay. So let's start. Let's start from the very beginning. Um, let's go back and let's talk about what made you decide to leave the car business and get into property. Can you kind of explain how you did it? I mean, I know everyone kind of has their unique sort of eureka moment that kind of makes people make these changes. So, kind of, what was yours? So basically, I've, I've been in the car trade on and off for about four years, worked at consecutive um, different garages from selling runarounds to sports, prestige, sort of high-end um, vehicles. Um, and it, it essentially went from, I enjoyed the job from being like 17, um, and I loved it because I, I, not only did I get to drive brand new cars, I got unlimited fuel, I could drive what I wanted, I earned really good money, and I thought, this is for me. Then about four years into it, I got fed up. The The car trade wasn't as good as what it used to be anymore. Um, so, essentially, um, oh, seconds, bear with me. Sorry, my computer's off at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, essentially, I thought this isn't for me anymore. So, I knew that I had to do something, but I didn't know what I had to do and what I was going to do. And that was this daunting thing. I'd got a house. I'd got financial commitments. I was thinking to myself... It's a case of do or don't. So I was quite blasé about it to start with. And then I, I've got a I've got a family member who's got a large portfolio in Doncaster, and he's done um, developments. Um, so I've got a high um, portfolio of single lets. Got HMOs, done flips, flat conversions, you name it, done it. So I had a conversation with him, and I said, I'm thinking of leaving the car trade, but I don't because I've got no money. If I do. Can I come and work for you? He says, well, yeah, what can you do? And at that time, nothing. So he, he decided to set me on as a labourer and then I learned how to be a painter and decorator. And then from there, it just transitioned. Fab. Okay, so I'm listening to you talk. You know, I am, I'm kind of making the assumption that you didn't start with a huge pot of money. So uh, is, is that the right assumption to make? And how did you, how did you kind of deal with that? Yeah, the, it is the right assumption to make. Essentially... 
the pot of money was minus rather than plus. So I owed a lot of money um, through um, credit cards, loans, etc. Um, and especially when leaving the car trade because I earned a good wage and then I earned from my wages halved overnight by leaving the car trade but I knew I had to go backwards to be able to move forwards so I went backwards for probably 12, 14, 12 to 18 months built up more debt um, and it was just getting worse and worse and worse and I thought this is spiralling out of control but I'm actually chasing my dreams and doing something towards I need to do and I knew it were important to start at the bottom to work my way up so then it was just a case of I spotted an opportunity of the mastermind program and I went on there and then things changed from that. Okay, so let's kind of let's talk about uh, your the education side of things. I mean, the value of property education is really divided, isn't it? Some people are very yay, some people are very nay. You know, look, looking at your opinion today, what, what, is, what is your opinion? My opinion is that if you're going to do it, you need to do it with 110% commitment. If you go on the course and just essentially become a course junkie and don't apply what they teach you, you're not going to get the results that you want. It's, it's not like it's it's £100 this course. They're a lot more expensive. And I think if you're going to commit to put that sort of money in, then you need to commit to get the, to want the results. It's, it's, it is what it is and you get what you put into it. I mean, I mean, I agree wholeheartedly that, you know, it, it's it's not easy, but if you're prepared to put the effort in, you know, it, it does work. Um, but just because you obviously do go onto these programmes, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to succeed. Um, so, you know, it's, it's especially, you know, just because you've gone on these courses, it doesn't necessarily mean you've got any money. So how did you get things off the ground? Because I know that's a massive challenge for somebody who's been on the course. They want to invest, but they've got no money to do so. So... I managed to save up quite a large amount of money and borrow a lot of money off, off some of a family member to go on this course. Went on the course and it, it, it was just a case of I knew I had to get deeper into debt before anything changed and that was a scary thing. I even moved out of my house, moved back in with my parents, lost a relationship, gained a relationship with somebody else, all in this sort of 18 month period of, of leaving the car trade so it was really really tough times. Can, let, let's sort of talk about obviously you know now, now you're in property and stuff can you talk me some of the, sort of the strategies and strategies got that word and deals that you've been involved with? So essentially it was HMOs so my experience is developing HMOs um, we've done flip deals as well and then we're looking at doing, I'm looking at doing developments and we've, we've got a plot of land at the moment um, which we're um and ahhing whether to develop or whether we're going to flip through auction or sell um, so yeah essentially the bulk of my experience is HMOs I've done about 45 refurbs in the past two years um, some of them are my own some of them are for other people so that goes from sourcing, find, finding them, uh, project managing the refurbs to management on the on the end with the tenants. I mean, HMOs are definitely you know the key buzzword in property, isn't there? Everyone talks about these HMOs. Um, can you just talk me very briefly, kind of through your HMO model, because I know they do vary tremendously. You know, how how do you manage your particular HMO portfolio? You know, who are you targeting? So we target young professionals, blue collar workers. Um, anybody who who hasn't got the money money to sort of live, who hasn't got the money to probably live by themselves, but doesn't want to live at home with their parents, so the younger generation probably like myself. Um, and then, then we've got people who are like people who are going through marriage, marital breakups. 
people who, who are new into the area or people who just work in this area during the week and then go home during the weekend they all need places to live and obviously we're a growing we're a growing population and we're not building house enough houses quick enough to fulfill the demand so there is something obviously that needs to give and HMOs is essentially a way forward to make a good um, passive income as well sure um there's obviously been the introduction of Article 4 and that has definitely spurred certain people on to sort of change their strategy. Um, has that affected you? And if so, you know, how has it affected you? We've been, we've been really fortunate. Article 4 is in, in, not in the areas where I invest. So I've got two key areas and neither, neither of them has Article 4. So at the minute, it's just we're making hay while the sun shines, to be fair. Sure, brilliant. Um, you know, you, you we're sort of get, let, let's sort of go back to sort of sourcing deals. Then, um, obviously, you know, you, you know, you are really good at it. But how, what advice would you give to somebody just sort of starting out and how how to source, a, you know, how to source a really good deal? Well, I'd say it's more desktop studies than anything else. But also, a massive advantage is knowing your area. So, get in your car, drive around the area, look at the roads, look where the deals are, look at the style of housing, look what houses are empty. Look at areas where people populate. If there's other multi-lets in the area, look at that. You've, I've got to feel comfortable investing my own money in an area before I invest another client's money. So for me, essentially, it's six months' research before I know what what the tried and tested areas are. You do spare room advertising. Um, just ask people generally if there's a this if there's a notice board for rooms to let ring them and go and view the competition view the good the bad and the ugly so you know what you're coming up against you know let, let's talk about sourcing for other people you know it's not always a walk in the park is it um what is your priority in terms of your relationships in terms of you know sourcing for other people you know what 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 do you what makes it work for you do you think so i think it's about trust and transparency because everything i do I relate back to the client all the time. I've got a lot, a lot of clients now, and it, it's took a long time to build it up through um, having good credibility and reputation, um, and having a good CV essentially. Because I mean, if 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 you was a client, you were to come down what we're seeing. We've got houses at, at rip out stages, first fix, second fix, and final finish, and then we've got properties that are finished with tenants in. So you can essentially see the full package. Um, but like I say, trust is my main. Thing. I've, I've worked too hard not to be untrustworthy um, just to let it all go overnight because I'm not prepared to do that I want my clients to trust in the product and trust in what we're doing sure I mean let, let's continue on this theme of you know theme of sourcing for people just starting out sourcing is a really good opportunity isn't it to make some money when you don't have the you know the fund yourself to invest can you just talk to me a little bit about how much you charge for this service? You know, and do you see this side of things as being really important for your business strategy? You know, and kind of you building up your business currently. So yeah, I, I do see sourcing as an important thing for building up my business. Um, essentially, it does provide a good income, but obviously, there's not just me. I've got to think about. I've got a, a labour force of twenty-five staff working around the clock for me. I've got two sources working for me as well. So. If you put all that in the mix, we've got probably 28 staff altogether. Um, some are part-time, some are full-time. Um, so sourcing is important because obviously it pays the bills. Now, in relation to how much 
I charge. It all depends on the type of deal, the client. It, it, it can vary from anything from about £2,000 in the early days to now I've got a bit more credibility. You're looking at nearly, well, around about £3,000 plus VAT, somewhere around that figure. But that's because I've obviously had to build my clientele up and I've got credibility now. Sure. Um, I mean, I've, you know, obviously I've, I've, you know, I've looked into you a little bit and uh, I know that uh, you've got an incredible ability to kind of judge costs of referred embitterments, which I know a lot of property developers just don't have that <laughs> skill, you know, and I think that's, that's incredible, which obviously you learned, you know, when, when you sort of just started out. However, I know you're kind of working now in the letting side of things. You know, is this something, again, that you, you just kind of knew about or is it something you've had to learn on the job? Well... As regards um, guessing the refurbs, we've been slightly wrong on the last few that we've done because at the end of the day, it's property. You never know what you're going to come up against. We, they do go over, they do come under. It's great when they come over, but nine times out of ten, they will go over slightly. But that's what that's what you're contingency for and that's what you put in there. And as regards to lettings, I don't know second next thing about lettings, so hence why I'm working with somebody else who does. So I'm, I've partnered up with two people in my area who between them run a portfolio of 250 plus rooms and uh, they are probably the best in my area at what they do so I've partnered up with them to provide essentially a one-stop shop facility for clients and also a one-stop shop facility for myself because I've sourced the refurb and then I've got, obviously got the letting agency so it's all coming back into our pocket at the end of the day and it, it's all about building that trust up as well because if I've worked really hard to gain a relationship with a client I then don't want to hand it to um, essentially a letting agent who don't know what they're doing properly and that's going to ruin relationships and I'm not about that. Of course. Um, I just I just want to go back and talk about the education side of things because that you know that's that's a big thing that I've been talking about lately. Um, I understand that you you did do the mastermind program or you're on the mastermind program. No, I've finished it. Uh, okay, you finished it. Yeah. But you know when when did you start and how many properties do you ha now have within your portfolio? Um, God, started April. Um, yeah, April two thousand and fifteen. Um, and essentially didn't have any any properties, and now I've gone from owning none to doing joint ventures with Simon Zushi, so I own houses with Simon, I've got other joint venture partners, so it's, yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride to be fair, and I mean, it's a, it's a mixed emotions when you go on Mastermind, I think it's the unknown that you're entering in, thinking I've just paid all this money, what on earth am I doing, have I joined, joined the cult, but <laughs> you and, and you soon realise you've not. <laughs> um, you know, you're another example of how you know the mastermind program can work, and I think you know that that's incredible. But you know, obviously, I'm very lucky that I'm talking to people who you know who who it has worked for. But obviously, it doesn't work for everybody. So why do you think some people succeed? You know, they do so well, and why others just kind of do the mastermind program and get nothing out of it? You know, what would be your advice? You know, how how do people succeed, and why do others not succeed? I think it's all about mindset. To be fair, if you believe, if you believe, then you normally tend to achieve. I know that sounds really <laughs> cheesy, but it is. If you believe you're going to do it, nine times out of ten you will do it. And if you don't, that one percent, that one one times out of ten, you'll try again at it until you do it. It's it's all about just keep on keeping on. Just don't give up, and that's. I've had times where I've said, no, that's it, I'm going back into the car trade. I've rang my old boss up, gone for meetings with him, and he said, you can start whenever you want. I'll give you a job again tomorrow. There's a car there, get your suit and come and, come and work for me again. 
I've been so close to just jacking it all in and saying this isn't for me because all I could see were the decks mounting up further and further and further and I just couldn't see the wood for the trees. But now, obviously, I'm, I'm through that. I've paid all my debts off um, and then uh, essentially I've made the best decision of my life. It's, ch- it's changed my life unbelievably. So, you know, you've obviously been incredibly successful in a very short period of time. Um, one of the big things, again, that, you know, we talk about is sort of property, you know, pro- people in property, um, you know, they they kind of, they get to enjoy some of the success. You know, they spend more time with their families, nice holidays. Are you actually managing to enjoy some of your success now then? <laughs> no, oh, no. I, wish. <laughs> I, I, I tend to work more now than I've done before. But with the team getting bigger and bigger it's allowing me to sort of step back so I'm doing a lot more stuff in the office and behind the scenes which I need to do and keep the relationships with the clients going um, in the early days I was on site a lot of the times ripping out the houses taking out chimney breasts I understand the importance of that because I didn't have I didn't have enough regular work to to not do that and I also needed to earn a wage while stuff were happening but now I have got a lot more time than I ha- than I used to have, but I still do work a lot of la- a lot of hours late in, into the evenings. Mm. <laughs> Bless you. Um, and lastly, you know, obviously I could talk to you forever. You know, you know this is this is incredible. But um, obviously time you know time drowning out. So um, last but not least, if our listeners are interested in getting you know getting in contact, which I'm sure they would be, what's the best way to contact you? So you uh, you can either contact me via my email address, which is Kyle with them at investment four as in the number four properties.co.uk or you can also contact me on my email uh, on my mobile number which is 07825 129 738 and I'll answer my phone up to about 11pm on an evening <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no comment Carl thank you it's been great talking to you um, you you know you're an incredible example of the reward <laughs> get my words out the rewards available to those who are prepared to roll their sleeves up graft and make property work for them the amazing thing, um, you know, talking to more and more people is that, you know, almost everyone I talk to in property has this um, reoccurring theme that they genuinely love what they do. And you seem to be no exception. Um, yeah. So it seems to me that people in property, you know, really do love property. So um, thank you for sharing with us. And uh, hopefully uh, lots of people will get in contact with you. Yeah. So, uh, thank yeah, you. thanks for joining me. And um, until next week, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Your Property Podcast. If you're looking to further your knowledge in property, why not download our free beginner's guide to property investing at www.yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash begin. It contains everything from how to choose the property strategy that's right for you through to how to raise funds when starting with none and how to eliminate risk and maximize profits. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and never miss an episode by subscribing to our weekly podcast. Until next week.